Hi guys, welcome back to the Resilience Pod. You're here with me, your host, Rena Singh. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am truly grateful. Guys, in this ever-changing, dynamic world, organizations and its employees are consistently required to be alert, agile and adaptable. Essentially, a resilient business relies on resilient people. We are still in this pandemic, no doubt, four or five weeks in. Those of us who are in the resilience field has helped our organizations by now enact all the plans. We have hopefully enabled all critical activities to be underway where reasonably possible. Everybody is working from home where they can. But what about the people element of this response? Have you guys, as resilience professionals, been speaking to your HR as part of the response? Has anything changed on that part? What about the policies? Has anyone been ill? Has the policies around that been changed? Guys, we are talking about exactly this and the importance of HR and resilience professionals in a pandemic. The collaboration is absolutely crucial. And we are going to dwell further into this with my next guest on the pod who works with businesses and individuals to create personal resilience strategies and helps navigate planned and unplanned changes to the workplace and home. So very relevant to this chat. He has over 15 years experience in resilience across an array of sectors. He truly understands personal resilience. Now, the reason why I say that, guys, is that he spent 10 years previously in the London Ambulance Service working as a paramedic. Fun fact also, he worked, he walked, not worked, 400 miles to the magnetic North Pole. Crazy, right? So he truly understands um, and demonstrates personal resilience. Guys, please join me in welcoming my next guest on the Resilience Pod, transformational coach and founder of The Resilience Company, James Trotman. Hi, James. Hi, Rena. Thanks very much for having me. No problem. How are you today? I'm really good. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on the pod in this very strange time that we are living in. <laughs> Indeed, yes, very strange. It is very strange. And we are, as my introduction alluded to, we are here to talk about the, the people element of this because it's really important and human resources, HR, and the resilience professional. That's... Now, yeah, I, I wonder if people have actually thought about the importance of this. In your view, have they? Well, I would hope they had. Um, but in my experience, the sort of the people aspect tends to be looked at from quite a high strategic level. Um, mm. And I, I really do think that there's a lot of the, the personal and specific individuality bit missing from it, um, especially when it comes to your really key individuals who are helping mm. to run your critical activities once you've enacted your plan. Um, and what happens to them if they fall over and burn out um, mm. or catch COVID-19 as, as could happen? Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, what I'm interested in is, is looking more at the individual rather than the, you know, the, the loss of people as a whole. Mm. It's the, looking at the loss of key people and how you can support them as best you can going through any emergency. Um, mm. And as we all know in this game that 
so, so often the the actual resilience of the responders is is not really thought about necessarily mm-hmm. and you then get to the point where everyone just falls over because they've been doing 16 hour days for two weeks and mm-hmm. and there's no one to back them up so it's looking at how you can strengthen your people to strengthen your response ultimately yeah and it's it's so prevalent in this time now and generally we these are kind of proactive measures that you we would hope our organizations are taking before an incident happens forget a pandemic just generally Uh, but in this time resilience professionals should be talking to their hr and seeing if they need to alter their policies what's what's your view on that does do policies need to be altered well again it's going to very much depend on your organization um i I don't know if policies being altered in a time of such massive crisis is the way to do Mm -hmm. it i think having an agile ability to actually change quickly and and react although they should have been proactive and pre-planned obviously um there will be a lot of reaction because this is so unprecedented and most plans will probably have fallen over at the first hurdle i imagine and Mm -hmm. then they'll have had to have been some very hasty sort of rewrites and and uh, modifications as we've gone through um so yeah it's um I, i'm i'm not a fan of policies and bureaucracy um i think the organizations that can then quickly change and recognize where change is required are the ones that are going to fare better than those that have to go through a lengthy papers for the board policy decision up and down and and all that sort of stuff which um which can really slow down and hinder even in a business as usual scenario that that sort of way of doing business can be so uh slow and sort of lumbering um mm-hmm. so uh, for me it's more about the the recognition that that the people are individuals as well um okay uh, so there's lots of blanket well-being programs that companies will will have, and they'll they'll offer, you know, maybe an app or um, an online service, uh, an employee assistance program, for example. Um, mm. But uh, I, I think in in these situations, when there's high pressure, completely new situation that we find ourselves in, it's really key to to get individual. Um, programs in place that that focus on different people's way of being because not okay. everyone reacts in the same way to to mm. these situations mm. and and how can how can we actually practically do this what would be some of your suggestions yeah it's a great question um so the the, the best way to do it is to actually sit down with the people or have a a talk with them and and do baseline tests as to you know what their values are what their strengths and weaknesses are how they are at the moment you know on a scale of one to ten how is your mental health um Mm -hmm. something as simple as that is a really powerful indicator of how well your people are doing um Mm. but also having the openness to allow people to to say that without the fear of any any sort of repercussions later down the line or Mm. or sort of um views of weakness that can sometimes mm. stop people from from wanting to speak up like that um mm. but yeah it's, it's about putting in um programs that are bespoke to individuals so some people might work best um uh, sort of sitting in on a a couple of hours of a webinar a workshop um on mm-hmm. on different strategies that could be used others might benefit from a group program which is more sort of blended um 
so uh, webinars, online learning, and individual coaching sessions. And other people might just focus on one-on-one, really focused individual coaching to uh, mm-hmm. to help them through. So um, yeah, I, I tend to work um, uh, depending on on the organisation and the individual. It will be a a combination of those three, but um, mm. but completely bespoke to to whatever that organization and those people need yeah absolutely and if organizations don't have you know the ability at the moment to to say hire someone like you who could provide that coaching what can line managers do to help in deal with this for their staff yeah I'd, I'd say the key thing is just talking to your staff and engaging with them all the time checking in because yeah. again some people will be used to working at home others not so much yeah. um and and those that are used to working at home and doing video calls and you know just getting on with it probably although they may have issues working at home um, mm-hmm. But those who don't normally work from home are going to find this very, very different, and they're not going to have that support mechanism around them that they normally do. Um, and so it's it's just keeping an eye on your people. Um, mm-hmm. And there's loads of great information out there um, from people like Mind. Um, there's lots of of great websites that can give you hints and tips on on how to sort of boost your personal resilience. Um, mm-hmm. One of my other favorite tips is um, looking at uh, your own sphere of influence so you know you we can't change the situation we're in so mm-hmm. don't get too involved in over analyzing it you've just got to be mm-hmm. in that situation and, and sort of work out what's going to work for you there's nothing you can do to to sort of change what's happening but there mm-hmm. are things you can do to change your mindset and the way you think about um, things to, to make life easier essentially I, I, I love that that's absolutely true it's, it's, it's reflecting inwards and looking at your mindset now a lot of staff and people don't really think about these things mm. so I, I've got two questions for you um, in two parts how, one how do we get them to start thinking about this currently because we, we are in a global pandemic yeah. and then following on from that then how do we then embed this so it's not seen as a, a stigma because you alluded to earlier that you know people don't want to talk about oh I'm not feeling great today or you know this is really getting down to me what do organizations need to do to change this going forward yeah so um I'll, I'll address the second question first if that's all right okay. um yeah. and I think you know we've probably seen in the last few years there's been an absolutely huge increase in media attention and focus and acceptance of mental health issues um you know Mm. prince harry um greg james from radio one all these sort of celebrities and and people in the public eye have really started speaking about it and and getting it out Mm. there and normalizing it which is brilliant Uh, and plenty of organizations are are doing their bit about reducing that stigma but i think in certain industries and certain organizations there probably still is a fear that you'll be seen as the weak link in the team if you if you sort of say i'm struggling here um and it's about just changing the cultures which is obviously the hardest thing to do in any organization and that has to come from the top um so it's got to be driven from the board and the CEO um, and if if it, that's not happening you're going to struggle to embed that no matter what level you're at um, so yeah it's uh, it's it's about the culture really and you know keeping touch with the culture of the country because that's the way we're going we're becoming more yeah. accepting of it 
And if those organisations don't keep up with that, then they're going to lose good people because they're not going to feel supported. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Now, what about currently? You're, you're, we're in this situation. What can we start doing? Yeah, if, so if not, yeah. Just, just sort of simple stuff around like um, I've, I've been practicing mindfulness for a couple of years now, and when I when I first heard about it, I was I was massively skeptical, as I'm sure a lot of people are. And it does have connotations of you know being a bit sort of new world and a bit weird. But again, I think over the last few years, um, it's really come to the fore, and it's it's normalised now that being present and being mindful is so powerful, um, mm-hmm. and and not sort of attaching yourself to past and future events because as soon as you start doing that you get lost in them and your ego comes in and and you fight with where you want to be and what you want to do or what you have done so yeah if you can ground yourself in the present moment even the the power of breathing is immense before we started this conversation i just took three deep breaths just to sort of you know block everything else out calm myself just clear my mind a bit and and it's amazing how how powerful that can be. So yeah, mm-hmm. mindfulness is is obviously everywhere and that's brilliant. Um, but other other hints and tips are things like um, just making sure that you've got good social networks. So I mentioned earlier around the managers checking in, but but check in on your colleagues and, and have like, instead of a, a Zoom meeting, because everyone's having millions of them at the moment and I'm sure <laughs> are getting very bored of them, have a Zoom, yeah. have a Zoom coffee party or something. Or as one of my friends who's a... Um, he's a a uh, commercial director of a, um, a massive supermarket chain in the Emirates. Um, he was running their board meeting, wearing a sombrero, um, and and the uh, and the CEO and uh, a couple of the other board members were in Hawaiian shirts. It was just like a party. They were just doing it to sort of keep that keep that sort of energy up and and keep it light um, and just sort of yeah, you know, socialize at the same time as as um, as getting on with what you can do. Um, so yeah, there's loads of of great stuff out there, but I think for me, social networks, grounding yourself and understanding yourself as well is so key. Um, and, and just doing a little bit of work on self-awareness and what, what are your triggers and what, what keeps you going and what sort of might send you over the edge. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the human element after all. Yes. And I really like that story of the you know in the boardroom and the ceo because it's 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 about the realness isn't it yeah now yeah it is however with that when we are planning so so we've looked at kind of we touched on personal resilience and how to cope with it but when as resilience professionals when we're planning for our critical staff and we're looking at contingent workforce to be honest a lot of people probably don't think about the well-being side of it mm. in, in planning yeah because you're assume that it's already there and you think oh yeah they've got the EAP the employee assistance program Um, but you know in this specific time people are critical workers now I'm not just referring to you know those on you know doing you know running the you know the trains at the moment to get people there the the doctors and nurses not those but in organizations there are critical workers who are helping the business carry on now that mental kind of load on them must be immense yeah absolutely and and they they're probably doing different work or more work to what they're used to so there's a change 
a from well there's several there's so much going on isn't there but you've got the the crazy situation global situation that we're in you've got the mm-hmm. fact that you're you're probably working from home and not just for the odd day here and there if you've got a family they're going to be at home with you and that is a challenge in itself i have a 1 year old and my god when my wife had to go out shopping the other day i got zero work done and it's yeah. just you know that there's not the um it someone said the other day we're not working from home we're at home doing our best to work which i loved i can't remember where yes. i saw that but it just really hit home that it, this isn't normal what we're doing <laughs> this is not normal we're doing our best to do what we can in a very odd situation um and different people will cope with that in different ways um they will and and i think as resilience professionals we we need to be aware of this and we need to start looking at where we're working not for ourselves personally but those of our colleagues who are doing these critical essential activities and thinking what are we as a business offering them yeah of support now and that goes back to how h like linking to your hr business partner whoever's whoever in your company is is looking after that element with the resilience professional and i i don't really i've never really seen that link strong link before no, no. how how important is that well i think it's really important because um like i mentioned at the beginning normally the, the sort of links with hr will be around um that they'll be sitting around a table, you'd hope, at a at a sort yeah. of response group meeting or whatever. But yeah. it's not necessarily looking at the, the individuals, the people. It's looking at HR as a, a whole strategic element of an organisation. And I know as, as business continuity and resilience professionals, we probably don't look at the individuals either, unless we're sort of talking about the CEO or the, you know, um, yeah. or the, the chief operating officer. Um, everyone else sort of gets lumped together in people like oh well how are you gonna you know what's your plan for dealing with the loss of people it's like well okay that's a very broad brush a loss Mm -hmm. of people it depends Mm. on those people that you lose Mm. what your response is going to be in my view anyway Um, it should we should be getting a lot more specific and a lot more how can we help these people? There's there's nothing we can do about um, losing a, a key um, manager or a leader to COVID, for example, and mm. then being out of out of um, the loop for for several weeks. Mm. It seems like to recover, mm. um, but there is something we can do to support them in the role mm. that they find themselves in now, and mm. and the deputies that might step into their shoes if they do get taken yes. out. Then making sure that they are prepared and aware and as resilient as they can be is really key I think Mm -hmm, absolutely and I guess to further add on to your points is to make sure that we're thinking about the worst case as well and and as resilience professionals we're good at thinking about that because that's our job but in this situation if there is a death in service that we've considered that yeah absolutely And, and we've sort of um I think a lot of us have, have just been looking at the numbers recently, haven't we, on the news? And, and it's not until I saw a, a poor lady the other day who lost her father on the news. And she was um, just explaining how, how everyone is just, oh, it's just lots of numbers at the moment. But then suddenly it comes very, very close to home and it becomes very, very real. Uh, and I've had a couple of friends hospitalized. Luckily, they've been OK. But they, and, you know, you suddenly think, oh, God, this is like a 40 year old guy who's fit and healthy and he's been mm. properly taken out. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff to think around um, around that and how you deal with that and how you how you're going to get that message out in a compassionate and um, and mm-hmm. and kind way, I guess. Um, and understanding that that sort of news will impact your staff and impact their ability to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just it's the immediate impact and effect, and then the longer term mm, as well. So yeah. How 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 are the team going to get over it? You yeah. Know? It doesn't. It's not going to go away with the click of a finger. So no. It's really really important and I think it's really great that we're having this conversation and just bringing the obvious to life yeah. because we, we know this don't we um, and no one wants to talk about death but it's happening all around us unfortunately at the moment yeah. so you've got to you've got to address it or it will creep mm-hmm. up on you and you won't be prepared so yeah, yeah having having that sort of comms and that that sort of um I guess it's like the recovery phase isn't it so um I yeah. was uh, I was involved in the recovery phase from the Shore and air crash um, and, uh, you know, the, the main body of that was the community and the, um, and the resilience of the community, really, and, yeah. and engaging with people and, and making sure what you were doing gelled with what your community wanted and what they, what they were feeling at the time. So don't mm. just go off what you think is the right thing to do. Have a chat with people quietly, if necessary, and really work out what the mood is and what people would be wanting from that would they want a full full memorial full sort of you know all bells mm. and whistles or would they just want to deal with it quietly on their own um and again everyone's going to be different yeah it's, it's, it's asking the right questions and yeah having those absolutely I think um, just just hearing all this and just reflecting on just being in this situation from a, a day job perspective as well we've probably got better relationships with our HR people than ever before. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's really important to, to capitalize on it. Um, Mm. And, you know, we've, we've done the morbid bit just then, but actually the positives are our star is in the ascent as, as resilience professionals at the moment, as we all know, when there's a disaster, we are the golden people and, Mm. and people look to us to, for the answers Mm. and the sort of, um, and the CEOs sort of want us at their right-hand side telling them what they should be doing. Um, and I think it's really important now more than ever to capitalise on on that capital that you have uh, within your organisations. Um, because, and I hate to say this, but having seen it happen, and I hope it's different this time, you watch like a couple of years down the line from a big event, a big incident, and memory fades pretty quickly. Um, yes. I really hope it's different this time because it's such a massive global impact. Um, mm-hmm. I really hope there's lots of positives that do come out of this um, this weird situation. Um, yeah. But the the cynic in me says it might not. So while we're still while we're still sort of in the the spotlight, as it were, it's really time mm-hmm. to build those relationships within your business, mm-hmm. break those silos down, which we're also familiar with, I'm sure and do a whacking great load of stakeholder engagement and um, and make really good sort of friends and allies, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I like that because just talking about a personal experience recently, I, I've been talking to my HR a, a lot more than I would mm, have because yeah. all these scenarios have come up that's and, it you know what what do you do about new staff you know who can't get a laptop yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know those kind of things is like well I would never really 
think about asking HR those kind of things. And, and it wouldn't really normally fall under, you know, certain certain resilience professionals jobs but you're having all these random conversations with different parts of the business not just HR because I know we're focusing on that right now but it's helping bridge that gap because of that that we're in we're in this together yes so, yeah you know, solution. I really like that and the silo silo breaking down so yeah. I think would you agree that okay I know, I know you're a bit uh, cynical earlier but <laughs> we, could, uh, we could use this as a remember when this happened and everyone's going to be like yeah because it impacted me in such a different way than it yeah I, 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 I really do think that this is going to be different this time because of the the size of the impact and not just mm. focused on on individual businesses or individual people it's it's global every single person on the planet probably in some way has been affected whether it's you know um it's supply chain it's going to be loss of people shutting your premises is like you know it's it's huge so i really do hope that so much positive stuff comes out of this um and uh and and you already see the way we're working differently and and there's lots of sort of thought leadership going on around how we're going to work differently in the in the future because of what where we find ourselves now so yeah. yeah i'm keeping my fingers firmly crossed indeed <laughs> yes we all are and and i i absolutely echo that that i think and strongly believe that the the collaboration is going to get much better yeah. between resilience professionals and all the other areas not just hr but i think hr more so because we need to just from what you said um in in the last 25 minutes is that we need to start thinking about the person behind that critical yeah. role yeah. and the well-being side of it. So I think it's hoping and, and a message out to our listeners that go if you don't know what's going on in that aspect in your organisations, now is the perfect time to yeah. ask those questions. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, thank you for your insights on that. I think uh, it's it's really helped opened our our view in this, which is really great. Yeah, it's um it's it's something I'm really passionate about, and I've become more and more passionate about it. Um, yeah. As I've also seen more companies really grasping the sort of the 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 people side of things mm -hmm. instead of the there used to be hard hr and there still is a bit around of that okay. um which yeah. was basically just there for disciplinaries and sickness records yeah. um but i think hr has evolved hugely certainly i've seen it in businesses that i've worked in with mm -hmm. um it's much more coming around to that holistic people are really our greatest asset a lot of that can still be sort of lip service to it but um i genuinely <laughs> think there is um there is a huge surge in really looking after your people because you invest a lot in them. You don't want them mm -hmm. to fall over and you don't want them to leave if you're hammering them and they're not resilient yeah. to be able to do what you want them to do. So it's so important. Mm, fabulous. Thank you. I think that ends us nicely. That powerful statement there um, from you. James, thank you so much for just giving us this insight. No, my pleasure. And thank you very much for inviting me on. It's been great fun. Really enjoyed it. No problem at all. It's our pleasure. Now, guys, if, if people want to take this conversation further, because I know we, we can't cover everything in half an hour, uh, and we've 
where can our listeners find you? Yeah, so I'm I'm LinkedIn. I'm James Trotman um, on LinkedIn. Look me up. Um, or you can find uh, my business site, which is theresiliencecompany.co.uk. Uh, and if you okay. go onto the homepage there, there's a um, a little button that uh, says free guide to personal resilience. And that will uh, mm-hmm. give you 10 essential strategies, that some of which we talked about today, that will just help people to um, to think slightly differently about about things and what's going on around them and hopefully make them a bit more resilient fabulous thank you thank you so much james um thank you guys for listening uh, and tuning in today do visit the website if you want that free download and obviously i'll have it up on the resiliencepod.com site as well guys we are still in this pandemic it's crazy However, as I mentioned before, a resilient business relies on resilient people. So guys, if you haven't spoken to your HR side till now, go and speak to them. It will be beneficial. So that's it from me, guys, your host, Rena Singh. Until next time, keep on investing in your resilience. (laughs) 